All right, it's Leafs Talk on YouTube, the Sportsnet Podcast Network, Sportsnet Now, all the spots. It's all here. We got the hat trick, just like John Tavares. What's up, buddy? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I uh, our show, being a Leaf show during the day, real Kipper and Bourne, benefits from the Leafs having drama. But they have to be good, and they have to win hockey games for that drama to matter. So I need yeah. them to win a couple of matches here. That was nice to see. Well, John Tortorella got his wish. Hey, he stuck it to all the media guys rooting against Sheldon Keefe, the big bad media. Listen, if there's one thing that I wish hockey organizations, media organizations would do is stop hiring John Tortorella. The guy's just an to every media member. And then the second he's fired, they're like, here's a big bag of money to hang around all the people that you've been on for your entire career. (laughs) It's a, it's a wild move by media companies to bring in torts. Anyway, uh, Leafs win great win for them. Uh, Tavares is obviously the story, but how much do you take away just from a response like that from the group? Cause like you said, they needed one tonight. Yeah. You know, it's, there's some value to be gleaned here. I think, I mean, they, this is a, a team they were supposed to beat. What were they? Minus 300 faves. They they've had yeah. that happen several Minus times. 25. And, yeah. And several times they've been up, you know, favorites like that and lost. So good to see them live up to it. I will say Philly stinks. That's a bad mm. team, man. Like we just saw San Jose and Anaheim and that team's bad. They were on a back to back. Yeah, I'm sure. not taking anything away from Tavares's hat trick, but the no. second goal in particular looked as though the goalie was like trying to get out of the way of the puck. His it was first a blast, but he never. <laughs> yeah, it was like he kind of was just like it looked like he was ducking from the puck. Yeah, that Philly team is not strong, but I've always said, and I'll stick to it, is that um, that's a big time like analytics marker across all sports is if you beat the crap out of bad hockey teams Mm -hmm. or out of bad teams, it's usually the most reliable source to show whether a team is good, right? Because you can be up and down against a good team, but you exactly, you should beat the breaks off of the bad teams. And if we're going to criticize the Leafs, which I think we rightfully have for their performances against the ducks and the coyotes, like that's what people wanted. Basically three complete periods of play. Maybe you could quibble with a couple of moments where Guys are trying to get cookies or there were a few too many power plays, but that's the engaged Toronto Maple Leafs team that looked like they're firing on all cylinders. And like, maybe the flyers are bad, but that was the first game all season where I thought, Oh, the depth players are actually doing a thing, you know, not just existing. Yeah. And you know, you, you don't love the idea that like Mulgan's going to thrive in a setting like that. But to your point, you can only beat who you play. They played the Flyers on a back-to-back, and they took care of business. Now, we are going to talk about the game and what we saw and all that, but I do want to just, like, while it's hot, talk about the end of the game. Uh, Konechny okay. going after Matthews. The team's up. They haven't had any passion. What Did you want more from Matthews? Did you like how it went down? I don't mind it from Matthews. Like, what I, 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 don't, I don't ever really want to see Matthews fight. I kind of do sometimes, but then I go... All right, just be practical and imagine Matthews right now. They just finally get a win and he breaks his hand going into yeah. a game against the Bruins, right? Oh yeah. Like it it becomes it becomes comical. He's in sort of a spot where I don't really want to see him fight. I will admit that I love when teams stick up for each other. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, I love the rough and tumble stuff. I think you know me. I'm going to say something that people are going to get pissed off by though. I didn't like the Giordano tackle. I just connect he's not looking at him. 
And to me, that's a bit of a dangerous play. And I, I just, oh, thanks, it's a, that's a hard time. You're the guy killing just, your guys just, on your show all the time. Just, just let me say, I think it's more routine to grab them and just fill them in than it is to come screaming across the ice on basically a charging play and tackle a guy full speed when you're hitting him onto concrete um, and he's not looking like it's ice. So I, I just, did, I think it's a little right. dangerous. Yeah. Let, let's say you're right. Uh, yes. I agree that it is yeah. dangerous, but Leafs fans have been dying for someone just to stick up for someone in a manner. No, you didn't want to see that. I got Sam McKee's at the game. I, you you might've got the message too, but in our group chat, he's like, Giordano, you know, he comes yeah. flying out of there, tackles a guy. It's a Leafs player doing a thing yeah. physically. Listen, you're a populist and you, uh, <laughs> you play to the masses. Sure. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, exactly. Play to the masses. I'm just saying if, if anyone has ever been sucker punched before, then they know it's about as horrific as a thing that can happen to you. Sucker punched three times. Two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Only two. Uh, one time my nose ended up over here, though, and that was not really great, waking up in the morning to that one. But it sucks because you feel like you didn't get a chance. Anyway, like, I don't care if somebody grabs somebody. I know that um, there are those kind of plays in hockey all the time. I just thought... It was it was very out of the ordinary kind of scrum play to me. I'm not used to seeing a guy come out of the screen like Superman and tackle a guy who's not looking at him. Yeah, and I it, guess maybe it was like a running back catching of, a bad, getting a bad pitch in the backfield, like just getting teed up. Like it was a it was yeah. quite the play. That's I guess maybe I'm just being a bit of a baby because it's a foreign play to me. But to me, it just it uh, maybe I'm just a byproduct of 2022 where I'm offended by everything. But <laughs> I just I couldn't help but think. What if Konechny cracked his head on the ice there? Yeah, like, it's, I get that. But I will say, it is yeah. good for the Leafs to be like, uh, Matthews just won a heart. And even if we have to do something dirty to make sure you don't slash him in the ankles again, Fine. we're going to do that. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, listen, yeah. I, am I crying? No, I just thought it was like, I wasn't, I, my first reaction was not to celebrate the play. It was like, oh man, I hope Konechny's not brain on shoulders too like, when he landed awkward, for sure. There was the chance for something not yeah. awesome. No, it's a little bit. So, but hey, listen, this is a perfect way to set this game up. I, I thought that it was basically as a perfect of a game as the Leafs could get. Like, they gave you basically a complete effort. Matthew scores a power play goal right away, and it works on uh, a different stylistic power play, which we'll get into a little bit. Get your thoughts on that. Yep. You get your lead by example player, John Tavares, gets a hat trick, and one of the goals is just a beautiful play that probably gets the whole bench, everybody talking. Anybody that is in that Leafs team, like they're all going to be watching that one in the video room later, going like, oh, and celebrating it. When Tavares goes in the Hall of Fame, that they show that one. That's one yeah, of the ones that, they show during that, his package. That's one of those goals. You got. Uh, you got contributions down the lineup. I actually loved a moment from Keith. Little sneaky moment I love from Keith was leaving the Zach Aston Reese line on the ice for an offensive zone draw after they scored a goal. And yeah. them thinking that they had to come back to the bench and him saying no, I went, that to me is like how you get buy-in from your group. Like, hey, you did a good thing. Now Merit. here's a reward. I noticed what you did was good. How many people <laughs> feel like they work at places where when they do good things, they don't get acknowledged? I think that... The, the manager there acknowledging the grunts for their work was nice. And so good moment for Keith. I just, I, I really don't have many nits to pick other than that Flyers team is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as bad as it gets. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Why don't we go through some of the things we saw? I'll yeah. let you throw to what you want to see first and I can kind of give my, uh, my breakdown of what we saw. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's well, let's just start with Tavares because okay. um, let's roll some of his goals. I do you think Tavares? I, I've been trying to put my finger on like why has been better to start the season, right? Because at this point, even after tonight, Sam Stonov gave up a softy. He looked deep in his net at times. It wasn't exactly the best Sam Stonov performance. Yeah, but Tavares has been consistently their best player. And I can't tell if it's just because, like, he's a guy who kind of remains more engaged in the play all of the yeah. time. And so if guys around him don't do that, he sticks out more. But this first goal, it's like he's just strong here. Like, this is just a bull play. That You know who yeah. that reminded me of? Matt Sundin behind the net where it was like, yeah. oh, he's got his body position on you. Well, like, good luck you're not getting it. He just stays in. The, look at him just dog the puck on that shift. Yeah. Like, he's phenomenal. So I just I wonder what you think getting more and more sample of him and where he's just awesome tonight and gets three goals, what what you're seeing from him. I think you 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 know you had uh, David Sis, our, our boy here, pull up a great clip here, like all before the goal is what matters, because you're right, yeah. you know, Sundin or Yager, everyone's going to be like, calm down, but it's like, that's the idea, is you make people go through your body, and he looks strong enough to do that this year. You know, there is this, everyone thought the Tavares contract, like, oh, at the back end, it's going to be terrible, and it's maybe it's not going to be worth the value or whatever, but there's this world in my mind where like really smart players adapt well and, you know, slower guys like Joe Thornton were really effective older. Yager was really effective older because they use body position, work ethic, dogging the puck. A lot of the things you're seeing from Tavares here and you wonder if there's a window where he can maintain value, maybe not $11 million worth, but a lot of value to the Leafs yeah. by some of these effort positioning things and, and not to go on a long rant, but. We had Mark Recchi on the show the other day, and we asked him, how do you lead when you're not a vocal guy like Tavares? And he's talked about Bergeron. He said, go be the best player on the ice. Go out and yeah. control shifts and work and do the things that you're on the bench and go, you know, our captain is leading. And, you know, you can't always make the highlight reel plays happen, but you can do the things before the goal and work. And I think that was a great tone setter for the Leafs. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think that he and the second goal has been the second goal is something I've been talking about for quite some time this season with Tavares. Like I mentioned it a couple of times with Sam, I, I don't know how to describe a lot of times what he's doing that feels different, but he does look more confident. And I, I've said a couple of times, he looks like he's playing with more creativity and he, that was the second goal, right? Like the second yeah. goal is just a, a, <laughs> it's a brilliant play. Like, I don't, you want to just actually break it down, like watch yeah. the, the goal? Yeah, let's yeah, watch yeah. the goal. We can, Sis, we can throw to that. You know, it's it's the whole idea of I'm not a fast player, so I'm going to stop up above you that sells it for him. I don't know if we'll, we'll cue it up in a sec, but like the idea for Tavares that he's going to bail out on the, the drive wide. We'll get to that in a sec. Anyways, what a, what a bull that man is. Yeah, here it comes. But just right. like this is this is an interesting point in the game too, right? Yes, three two. I was actually in my in uh you know the our shows group Oof. chat just being like, you know they're allowed to score next. They don't just have to be like in a, a ball of fear like some of the ways they've been playing. Yeah. So <clears throat> I I love the idea of someone actually taking a chance here and trying to make a play. Doesn't work out all the time, but no, that's nasty. Fresh legs for Tavares right off the bench helps that one. I just I love that it's just inside out. Like he sees him coming and I, I think like he's thinking about that move the first second like yeah. that the defender pulls up and he's you know going, boy, I'm going to try this. Our boy, See? Anthony there. Petrelli yeah. always says, um, 
you know, yeah. he's at his best of ours when he's beating people one on one. He, you know, he's not the fastest guy, obviously, but he can beat people because he's he's shifty and changes speeds. And yeah, man, he's he's a great. Well, well, when you're good at playing in tight, that means you can handle the puck. And that's yeah. clearly what he shows off on that play is this is just elite level stick handling. This is elite level play uh, in tight with a defender. So, yeah, I just again, when I, we're getting back to the check marks of the game in terms of the things that you love. I've always wondered how Tavares resonates with this group and how he fits into the ecosystem of the dressing room as the captain, yeah. despite not being part of the guys that have been here the longest, not having a little bit of an age gap, being the first guy that got the money, wearing the C, not being a vocal guy. And you're right. Like the recce thing is exactly what you think of is, you know, when John Tavares is going to feel great, you know, when he's going to feel like he gets to lead when he does it by example and he goes out there and he has a night like tonight. So by the way, this is hilarious to so. skate off of the goalie. Sorry to interrupt, but it is hilarious yeah, yeah. just to say the goalie skate blade fell off and he just shot it in the open net. I love it. Love that. Yeah. play. <laughs> yeah. That was that. Hey, guess what? That's what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you had a hockey school for what do you do when the goalie skate falls off? It's like, that's it. Um, also, it. everybody should have thrown their hats. I didn't see enough hats. I was a little disappointed by that. More hats. Hats, hats in that building are like forty nine ninety nine, aren't they? It's tight. Yeah, I don't care. You saw the captain score a hat trick goal. I think that you throw the hats on the ice. It like yeah. how often do you go to Leafs games? How common is a hat versus how common is it to go to a game where you see a hat trick? I could just never imagine being at one and not throwing my hat. Like it, I it, you I know, can't. it really depends how much I love the hat. Like if it's like my hat, you know, the hat. Are you still chucking? I think the only way that I wouldn't throw a hat is if it carried deep sentimental value. Like it was my dad giving me a hat on his war veteran and, hat. From the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I don't see the hat that I'm not throwing. Like a hat's a hat. I wear basically the same version of different 47 brand hats, like a million different of them, all dad hats. I'm throwing it on the ice. Anyway, go good your, performance we start, we were starting yeah. on Matthews. We we're starting yeah, yeah, on Matthews. Matthews. So, you know, I, there's an interesting quote from Keith before the game where he said that, you know, back to backs, everyone thinks the, the the team that hadn't played them has this big advantage. But often it takes a while to get into the game. The other team is right off a game. They're still in game mode. You can't keep up. Leafs coming off a long road trip. Good first four or five minutes. I thought Matthews was not very good in the first period. I saw a ton of people say the opposite because he scored. Um, but <clears throat> I'm dying here. Still, still coming, you know, getting over illnesses. But I saw three turnovers in the first period. I saw um, him let up on a battle or two, and I was like, I don't know about this. But Keith's point in the pregame was that you often find your legs, and you are the fresher player, and as the other team starts to like disappear, you rise up. And I thought that happened with Matthews. He got the goal. And something with Matthews is once he gets one, he very commonly gets two. He gets sniffing. I thought he had a great second period and a great third as well. Why do you think that Spencer Carberry moved him to the middle of the ice on the power play? You mentioned that they did move him around a bunch later in the game, but for the first couple power plays, they were they were pretty dead set on having him be in the middle of the ice. You yeah, got that, think, sis? Roll it. Yeah, I think they're in a situation where it, it's gotten stagnant on the power play over, over time. And so one thing is that everyone knows that the D is cheating on Matthews. They're covering off on him a lot. And so the trick is to put him places where they don't know where he is. And so on this power play here, he finds his way to the middle at some point. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, and ends up being the the bumper, essentially. You see him in the middle of the ice there. That's normally not where you'd have him. You'd have him on one of the flanks. And 
you know, later in the game, JD, uh, you and I caught this on text, but they had him on his one-timer flank. I wonder mm. if they're not making a conscious effort to say, we're going to put him in all the different spots. So going into the game, it's not like playing Ovechkin. You don't know where he's going to be. He can get some different looks. And maybe that depends on the goaltender or the opposition, but I love the idea of putting him in different spots. I um, will never understand a power play like you, but I just will always know that in sports, in any sport, having flexibility and multiple ways of doing things is always the better option. And the power play really, what I really liked about them doing it is that if we listed all the Leafs problems to start this season, probably dead last is power play. Right. Well, like, it's the going to playoffs thing, last right? year, it got bad. No, it did. I'm saying right now, though, this season. Right now, right. this season, they yeah. scored, what, eight power play goals in, in nine games. The power play has been mostly fine. They've yeah. had some bad ones, sure, but it, for the most part, they have produced there. So the idea that you're trying something new, something different against, again, a bad opponent, which I think is the time where you do that testing ground. Yeah. Um, but also flexing, hey, we're doing something different and we're asking our star player to do something that maybe he's not ultimately comfortable with. I, I just think it's a good sign. And, and it's interesting here is this is essentially an overload, like having Tavares below the goal line. You know, that's like an old school overload power play. First off, it's mm. incredibly bad coverage to leave Austin Matthews alone on the power play. I mean, he even was if very, very alone. It's pretty <laughs> like unbelievable. Yeah, it's but, looking at it again. I actually didn't realize how alone he is. Like he's standing he, in front and, of the net. And then he doesn't score right away, and then he just gets to be like, but I'll score now because no one's here. You know what's funny is the D-man in front there is that eight seems very concerned that Tavares is going to go back door to what would be Marner on the back on the back side. He slides, actually, I think, on the touch before this, and I'm sure we'll show it again because mm-hmm. this is all looping. But the D-man actually backs in and slides early on trying to block what could be a potential pass. So... I mean, yeah, they're, they're worried about other things, which is just good to get Matthews in some different places. I like it. I think it's good for the Leafs and gives them more options. I like David Sis tonight, our producer, like just absolutely crushing it, just dominating the video clips. Like, this is exactly what I wanted, Sis. Like, you're doing it. You're doing the thing, dude. Like, <laughs> you're doing is, it. Like, I don't want to jinx you. I don't want this to go to your head, but you're doing the thing. Like, the thing <laughs> is, do, is going well. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to go on a, upon further review? Or do you want to go into some rapid-fire topics? No, all, all good. All good on video. Okay. Um, we already kind of touched on Samsonov. I just didn't, like, it. he made a couple of good saves, but tonight was actually a little bit of a reminder of, I don't know how great it feels when they're going to play really good opponents who yeah. might press them and have good power plays. Like, that Flyers power play at times was like, can you guys get out of your own end? <laughs> you I know. Guys, like, can you get across the blue line? Like, can you can you do that? Like, ah, it was tough to watch at times. <laughs> well, and Samsonov also had the one in the first that was from God knows how far off that clanged off the post. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of those games where he made the saves he had to make, by and large, um, was good enough. But that's what it's supposed to be. That's all you were promised this offseason when you got Murray and Samsonov. You weren't promised anything, really. But you might get a guy who makes the saves he has to make. You got that by and large. Didn't like the second one, but, you know, it's Philly. You should be no, able to get three. Second one, the second one was quite bad. Um, it, to me, the only reason I bring it up is he's been great. I don't really want to try to doom cast, but it was a reminder of how quickly the script could flip this weekend from these guys aren't playing good enough to they didn't get good enough goaltending and it hurt them in the standings, right? Yeah. Like you're facing the Hurricanes and you're facing the Bruins 
if Samsonov doesn't get you a winner, he lets in some bad goals on Saturday night. All of a sudden, you're turning to Eric Schalgren against the Stanley Cup contender on a back-to-back. It's just it's yeah. it's a it's again a, a bit of a cold reminder. Um, I did want to mention though that I I liked that Philly scored first. I even texted it to you. Okay. I'll, I'll confess. Yep. I said I want to see Philly score first and how the Leafs respond. I don't want this to just be a cakewalk the whole way. They scored first, and I thought the Leafs never changed, and they continued to press forward. Only the second time in 10 games Philly's had a lead. Um, that's a tough stat. 5-2-2. Two <laughs> like, two and two. How I, is that possible? I know, but I, I, did, uh, I did think that this was a start-on-time game for the Leafs, despite them uh, not really doing too much. Um, you know, sorry, let me further that point. No, go ahead. I thought going into this game, it was a big, like, you know, Kipper was all on, let's see the starts, let's see the starts, you know, it's yeah. going to be important tonight. I thought Keith got a good start by getting everyone involved. It wasn't, yep. you know, they went with Matthews line three times in the first six shifts to make sure they controlled the play. You saw all four lines come out, I think, in the first two minutes. You know, he got everyone on the ice, everyone involved in the game, and I thought that was good. Everyone's got the, the legs. You've been, you know, away for 14 days or whatever it was. I, I think really good good coaching to, to get everyone in the mix. Yeah, I thought this was a good Keefe game. Again, it's it's tough. I know there are going to be some people out there that are just pissed that it was the Flyers, but you can only play who's in front of you, and you can't kill them for losing to the Ducks and then not give them a little credit when they beat the yeah. crappy Flyers. Um, the depth. I, I just thought, I mentioned that I liked that Keefe rewarded them for playing well. Mm-hmm. And yes, again, this is the Flyers. I am far more curious to see if this group continues together um, moving forward. I will... I don't want to sound like I'm hammering the same guy, but I just, once again, I just, I don't know why you'd have Malgan in the lineup over Robertson. Like, so what you're going to have Robertson sit in the press box for the next, what he's going to sit Saturday. That means he's sitting for two games. Now that just doesn't, that doesn't seem like good use of a guy who is just starting to come into his own. And I don't understand, like, has Robertson been as great as what he showed in the preseason and what he showed in his first game back up? no, but he has not looked like the guy who should be coming out of the lineup on any given night so far. So I, I will say as much as I liked the bottom six tonight, and I thought that Engvall in particular had a little bit more jump. Like he was the guy yeah. that I, I wrote down on he more was shifts than others. around the puck. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was engaged in the play. Um, yeah. I just, I don't like that Robertson's out and I don't like that. Now you're forced to roll the same lines on Saturday night against the Bruins. And now you have the kids sitting for two straight nights. I am curious. The Malgan thing becomes interesting because he he's dynamic and you notice him when he has the puck. Yep. He can make certain plays that other people can't. So yes. I, I get it. But like I can't help but watch him and be like, I see why that guy <clears throat> is unbelievable in the Swiss League. That's kind of my thoughts because like I see him make plays. I've got written down on here several times, wrong side of the pile or, you know, turnover four check useless. <laughs> you know, I've got some nice, not very nice Mulligan notes. So I'm curious when they look at the video, if they go, Oh, we can't change up the lines. Cause Mulligan got two shots block. And one of them went to Aston Reese who shot it in the net. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what they think there, but I don't know what the long-term solution is. I cannot see him in playoffs being in their bottom six. It, it just, it, he reminds me of a basketball player that when he's got the ball in his hands, you go like, that's pretty nice. And then when they're off ball and they have to play defense, you're like, this sucks. I <laughs> like this guy can't stay on the floor. And that's how I feel watching Malgan is when he has the puck on his stick. It's noticeable. You can just the skill is very apparent, right? It's have you watched and the obvious, one documentary. It was horrific. I hated it. You hated it. 
What yeah, I just thought they it? did a really piss poor job. I just uh, like I was a huge fan of that, so the nostalgia hit me. But you wanted it I celebrated, not they... exposed. How much they were exploited? No, no, I well, I thought that they God, we're really getting into this on the least talk podcast. I thought that they overplayed the whole we were exploited hand, and the guys from N one went, yeah, we probably should have given them stock options and some better things, but also like. Yeah, you were talking about guys who were like playing outdoor basketball and yeah, it blew yeah. up and they agreed to deals. I'm never really like uh you got exploited when you know like you, you yeah, I, it. it's tough. Okay, all right. Yeah, so my I, my I I think that there are a ton of people with a ton of talent that and Mulgan is one of them to me, a bit of a and one player where you're like, "Damn." Yeah. But, you know, yeah. in the highest levels, like what what was it? Like Rafer Alston was the only one of the guy to like play NBA ball with any consistency. Yeah, he's the wizard or what's the not the wizard, the professor. He's the professor no, where it's like, my Yo, no, no. Yeah, he's, he's like the professor. You wow, <laughs> oh, you can really cross Mulgan guys is, up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because like, wow, he can do a sick crossover. Wow, like when he can get yeah. somebody to fall down with a dribble, but then now, the rest of it is like... Now go body up dry sidle in the D zone. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, he's like... not doing that. Uh, you know what, though? It, this is kind of an interesting thing with him just in future talks is like, can you have a specialist player like that? Like, would you rather have a guy who does things that are extremely well versus a guy who's just a little bit more balanced and can do a lot of the things and not it, really it create an impact? Because like... Yeah, because say what you will about Malgan. Like, he he has made oh, man, some he's plays. Like talented. NHL yeah. talent, very much so. Not very yeah. big. You know. Again, I just think it relates more to the Robertson thing. And what are you trying to be with the rest of your lineup? Like, what yeah. what is that identity that they continue to search for? I liked them tonight. Even the yep. guy who the charts hate the most, Cali Four-Year Yarncroc, uh, I thought was better tonight. Yeah. I like, you know, Yarn Kruk, you can see why he's a guy who makes two and a half and not five and a half because he ha- he has a lot of the abilities that the five and a half guys do, but he doesn't quite threaten in, I find. He gets the puck on the outside and he wants to, you know, have a good ozone possession shift like a third line player does. And there's some times mm-hmm. where I'm like, cut in, take it to the hoop. You're, you know, your team needs offense. You can do more. I think he's a talented guy, so... I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a little bit more opportunity up the lineup to see if he could, I don't know, do something more there. Cause he does have the, the tools, I think. Yeah. Just, you really want to play him 20 minutes a night because that's what no. they do on those top lines. So no, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a dilemma. It's a bit of a dilemma. Um, I actually really like, I think that Dubas is obsessed with him because he's like, man, if I could just hit on one of these Patan Malgan types and they're the power play <laughs> two guy, like it's all, yeah. it's all justified. Maybe people will stop talking about Marchman. Um, last thing is I have the Sam McKee report. He was at oh, the game. Okay. No, that's uh, all. Sam McKee's, Sam McKee's report was simply that he got invited to a, he bought very cheap 300 tickets, yeah. uh, him and his new wife, his new bride. Um, and then he got invited to a box where every one of the people in said box were listeners. So he got to be Mr. Celebrity tonight. Oh, oh yeah. No way. <laughs> Dude, Sam, Sammy's rise is going to be very rapid. It's already quite big. He's already just, he's already basically become like, where do you think Sam ranks right now in terms of like the most powerful people in Ontario golf? (laughs) You know, it is creepy. You know, I'll give Sam credit for a lot of things. Um, He's, he's very good at what he does, but his ability to cash in, like if he meets someone because everyone finds him charming, he's got a tea time with them at the best course in Ontario nine minutes later. I'm not surprised he wound up in a box. Think about the Leaf fan power rankings. What is it? It's like Steve Dankel, Dark Guy. Like how far down is McKee from being in, getting in the upper echelon? 
he's had a dark guy. Give me a break. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, like, come on. <laughs> I don't want to throw stones here, but I don't even. They know. gave dark guy a shot. They gave that guy a media <laughs> shot. Uh, Sammy's media career already infinity more successful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was eating sushi in the box, getting recognized. And, you know, the kid loved it. You know, the kid loved every second and he soaked it in. Uh, so anyway, uh, good, good fun game. It was nice to do a game where they won and it was fun and it wasn't all just doom and gloom and, and everybody being pissed off. Yep. Um, although I'm sure people will be and Saturday night's going to be huge again. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars if you like it. Uh, we're not on YouTube on Saturday. We're only on Sportsnet now. So get Sportsnet now if you're obsessed with seeing us do the video stuff. Sportsnet if not, premium. just subscribe. Sportsnet now premium. Exactly. I, I've used it. It's, it's good. I have. It's, <laughs> um, it's legit. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Uh, I like it. Um, I work there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is going to be up right away. It'll be there right after. So this will get it all cut up. It's Sammy and I on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, uh, we haven't figured out who's actually doing that game yet. No, there's been no discussion. I assume that it's going to be Sam and I. You seem like you're, I don't know, you uh, we'll see. I can, well, you got your I can illness. jump in. Is it a 7 o'clock start? I'll jump in. No, it's actually a 5 o'clocker. Oh, damn. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, I, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk. Yeah, we will talk. So we'll see who ends up doing uh, the Saturday or the Sunday show. But yeah, Sunday we'll be back on YouTube. We'll be back with the video. Everything hunky-dory easy. Essentially, all you got to know is every game is on YouTube except for Saturdays. Sportsnet now takes over. They want you to check out Sportsnet now. We want you to check out Sportsnet now. All right, so so do that. Subscribe to the podcast, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you Saturday night. Please talk JD Bunkus and Justin Bourne. Talk to you soon.